Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. We're live on Facebook and live on YouTube this Monday afternoon. My name is Dan Rowlands and I'm joined by James Rushton and today's going to be a bit of a casual chat. We've got no real plan for this episode like we usually would have. I've been sat here with my arms folded, feeling, feeling very relaxed about the whole situation. Just to take half an hour out of the day to stop refreshing social media, basically, <laughs> because everyone's hooked on the Jack Greeley situation. We're all looking at photos and videos on Instagram of what's going on and we all thought today would probably be the day that something happens with, with Jack being back in action. It turns out he was back with the squad yesterday rather than today. So everyone's thinking, well, he'll, he'll have a meeting with Wes today and he's flying in from America and all these rumours that come round. And so far at three o'clock on Monday, if you're not watching this live, nothing's happened and we're all glued to social media. And it's personally, it's driving me a little bit mental, just quick thinking, oh, what's happening? What I need to check for stuff. I need to look for photos yeah. and to look for this. So I'm going to just take half an hour to slow down a little bit. And just talk to talk to you, James, talk to the comments. So if you want to interact with us, here's your opportunity to do so. And just see how, how we're feeling about it all. Are you the same, James? Are you losing your head a little bit or are you pretty calm about it all? Well, we'll probably come on to this later in part of our discussion, but obviously I didn't have Twitter last week for reasons. Yeah. And um, I didn't know any of this because, like, you don't if you don't have Twitter and people are telling me stuff and I was saying, yeah, you, you're straight up like when you said to me, you're lying, you are lying about this, <laughs> this, this offer. And yeah, it's like, no, um, you know, it's just the, the world we live in. Things happen so quick. And, you know, I'm refreshing this morning. I'm talking, you know, you see people say, oh, Wes Eden's flying over to have like cornflakes with Grealish and <laughs> get it, get it sorted. But, you know, the level of nerve I feel and anxiety I feel as tailed off a lot I think Friday was it first day or Friday it came through um, Friday was, I think yeah, it was the day like, the away kit came out I was in I was at the park thinking, right today is all about the away kit get some nice yeah. photos everyone will be all about the away kit today I'll do a few posts about that and do a bit of video and then I come home and the world's ended and I'm, I'm here typing out my post going wow what do you think of the new, the new away kit and then thinking hey, no one cares about this today because of the Grudy situation mm-hmm. and as we did that podcast the other day I think that was Friday. You, me and Matt spoke about it. I was very down about the situation then. I thought, right, well, it almost all feels inevitable at this point. Here's the big beard. His head will be swayed by Man City and probably by the time Monday comes round, he'll be up there holding the shirt in front of the Etihad. And so far that hasn't happened. And we've seen photos of him in the villa kit and taking photos with kids and chatting to Ashley Young and everyone's all smiles at a training camp down in London somewhere. And that wasn't part of the scripts that I envisaged when we last chatted about it. So we'll go into our little our thoughts on, on the Grealish situation later on in this episode. There's a few other things we want to talk about as well, though. And the first of, the first of those is Leon Bailey also came out that, that that was all official. And again, almost came out of nowhere that one minute he's a transfer target and the next it's going, oh, yeah, by the way, we've agreed a deal with, with Bar Leverkusen as long as he passes through personal terms, which is sounds like there won't be any hiccups there. He's on board for next season as well, and that's a big move from Villa. Yeah, I think what I would say about the Grish and Bailey situations is, firstly, um, obviously I didn't have the the Twitter for that, so um, 
having that come through as a the notification from Villa, it made me realise something. And, you know, if you're refreshing your phone because you're anxious like us about looking for updates and you need this and you need that, uh, fair play to you. But I think things happen in their own time, not the time that you want it to. So when will Leon Bailey be announced this and that? It's going to happen in its own time. We have no control. And that's uh, the Grealish ring. We have absolutely, obviously, no control on that. Don't we? What happens, happens. And I think people were convinced something would happen today. Um, you know, it's 10 past, 12 past three now, and nothing has happened UK time. So we're going to be waiting and waiting and refreshing and refreshing. All I can say is chill out, you know, get on with your day. And if you've got your notifications on, like me, if you're a Mad Aston Villa fan and you've got the uh, the Villa app, or, you know, you've got a, you know, a news app and you've got notifications on, you're going to get told, you know, you you, you can't hide from it. So going to get it straight in. Yeah, I've tried to start using social media now, obviously, because it's part of our job to use social media and be active on social media and have a presence and all that kind of stuff. I've only tried to start using Twitter in specific, you know, specifically because that's the one I use more so than anything else. I only try and use that when I'm on a work shift now, rather than just endlessly scrolling on my phone all evening, refreshing stuff, waiting for news, Grealish or otherwise, good news, bad news. I've tried to try and wean that out of my lifestyle a little bit. And far far do find it helps, but that's all right for me to say, well, I've got eight hours during the day where I am working. I I have got an eye on things. If you haven't got that and you're, you know, you have a five minute break at work and want to quickly check what's going on and there's nothing to report, that probably is annoying. And there's a few comments saying coming through saying that it's almost like torture that we're having to wait for any kind of official news and, I keep saying, let's talk about Grealish at the back end of this podcast, but he's the main topic, isn't he, at this point? And people will want to know what's happening. And we're not here to sit here and bring news and say he's staying or he's going because we know as much as everybody else. No one seems to know at this point. I don't even know whether Jack Grealish knows when he's taking pictures with, with young Grilla fans. Is in his, in his head, is he thinking, well, I'm off to Man City in a few days, so let's get all yeah. this out of the way and go. Or is he taking photos thinking, I love this club. There's Ashley Young. I was a kid when he saw him. This is, this is mental. So I don't know what's going on, and I, I thought it would all be sorted by this t- this point, which is probably making it worse because the longer it drags on, this is just going to dominate, isn't it? Yeah, and the, the truth is, again, I don't even know if Jack Grealish knows what direction this this is going to end in, and that's why it is torturous because people know oh, there's a chance. And I think when the news broke that the bid came in, people thought, you know, we were doing a podcast and we were all like, there's no chance almost, yeah. even though there is the chance. And that is, I think, having that like, little window. You know that 10, 15, 20% chance. That it's hope, isn't it? Hope it's it horrible. Kills, yeah. yeah, it's almost like you know. There's a a thought where you just want it over with, and even if that's a negative situation, yeah. it's almost like a very British thing. Just get it. I don't. I'm sick of hearing it. I get it over and done with because it is, it is hurt. It, like it does. You know, when I speak about it, it, it does tick you off inside, and you're like, that is a real feeling. So trying to go through this news cycle every day, I. I genuinely don't know how some of you do it because obviously we did it, me and Dan did it and, you know, we have to do it because of part of our jobs. But if it's not your job and it is, you know, involved in your life 24-7, it is difficult to switch off and, yeah. you know, the transfer thing is, when it comes to Greenwich, it's a real, real thing because we're, you know, I think we're all we're all connected to him obviously because of, because of him being a Villa fan. But yeah, uh, hold back, hold fire and when news comes, it, it's not going to happen when you want it to. It's going to happen whenever it happens, which is hopefully as soon as possible we get an answer because, you know, know it's only been two days, Dan, but it's been like dragging on. Yeah, well, to be fair, there's always been talk of him going on to to leave forever. Mm. But once the official bid comes in, you start to think, oh, Christ, here we go. Like, this is the start of the process, the start of the grieving process. A few of the comments said on our last podcast that I'd gone through every stage of grieving in our last chat about it. it. 
to a yeah. certain extent, it does, it does feel a bit like that because I'm kind of mm. setting myself up for him to go. And then I, I thought that all the reports are, oh, you know, medical booked in, ready to go, and they'll be coming and he wants to leave and he'll be up to Manchester like a shot. I didn't expect we'd see him in training in training gear in back in at, at Bodymore. Like they were down in a training camp in London. If they wanted to like hide away, he could stay up in Bodymore and, and get him fit up there. He could have a personal trainer and, and get fit in private. Like the fact that he's even back with Villa makes me think there's a slight hope that he stays. But even that doesn't really mean anything. And he could be here for a couple of days and then goes to Man City at the start of next week. And this whole thing drags on for another week. But I've got my phone on loud, so it might buzz halfway through this episode. I keep glancing over just just in case. And I'm, I said to you, we'll do a quick podcast at some point today. When you know, we'll leave it late just in case something happens with it. And I'm still, I'm still refreshing social media now just in case something happens whilst we're on air. So, yeah, it's uh, it's all just a bit of a mess, really. And I'm, we, like um, you said I just want to rip the past off and, and be done either way. Yeah, go so on. In, go in, there's in 500 the people then, watching, by the way, which is incredible. In the comments, then is he going to stay? Yes or no? Because we need to quickly say and uh, get the get your thoughts on it because I think a lot of people will know. And now it's more. I feel like it's almost fifty-fifty. Yes, no. So yeah. if you're if you're watching, drop a quick yes or no, and we'll see it fly in. Um, yeah, there we go. Yes, yes. Two yes. Yeses first of all, yeah, so this, easy. This is, the, this is the painful part, isn't it? If yes, you, no. If you've done this one, no. Everyone will be saying no. It is. No. It is staying. It look at all this. Yeah, you a got lot of a yes. Saying yes now. You got oh, Andy Max says no. One of two. There's three no's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair play. None of this you helps, know. does it? <laughs> no, it hasn't helped at all because we're all saying, yeah, and it, you know, when we go, when we log off, it, you know, Sartre always is in a Man City shirt. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's exactly how these things go. But look, I think, you know, a lot of people really confident. And I think I saw on uh, Twitter, I don't want to forget his name, but I think there was a bloke, uh, Ben Cash, and he went down, got his away shirt, went, they're still printing Greeley, Sean, I'm getting it regardless. <laughs> and I'll tell oh. you a little story. I'll tell you a little story, mate. When I got the when we first got relegated and Stan Petrov was um um training with us, I got I was going I'm going to get Petrov on my shirt. They didn't let me. So <laughs> <laughs> that means he's staying. <laughs> Thanks for that. I've also put it put the green shirt up in the background as well. So that means he's staying. So I'm confident enough to have that in the background. Um, no, I don't know. We'll talk again. I, I don't want this to be dominated by Grealish because all the news is, and I know there's other stuff going on, and there's things in the Grealish story that, there's, that we're yet to touch on as well. But we'll move away from it a little bit. We've done ten minutes and we've not mentioned anything else. We'll come back to Jack in a bit. Leon Bailey, talk to me about him because you did an AVFC extra, AVFC extra episode last week and he was a, a transfer target and, and, and number one on, on Villa's list to get. Fast forward a couple of days and Grealish is linked with a move away and it's like, oh, by the way, we're signing, we're signing this guy from Bayer Leverkusen. It's like, oh, that, that happened pretty quick. Uh, there was talk about a medical in America. I've not listened to your episode yet, so I want you to kind of recap what Josh, our, our scouting expert, told us about um, and just what your what your thoughts are on Bailey for us as well. Well, first things first, I think if the worst thing to happen this season is Jack Rich leaving for a British record transfer fee, I know it's annoying because it's Man City and us signing Leon Bailey. I remember when we signed Grant Holt, you know, <laughs> a yeah. few years ago, I remember the financial trouble. I remember Tony Jar. I remember all that. So, you know, I remember the David O'Leary days and uh, Grant Taylor's second comeback, you know, or, you know, it's, it's, it powers in, it hurts, but it powers in comparison because it means Villa have an opportunity. That opportunity um, is hopefully Leon Bailey coming in. Um, agreement, I think it's it's not signed, sealed and done, 
but it's as close. It's, it's, it's as good as, as, yeah. It's as good as. Um, when we reported it was a uh, transfer target, Josh said, you know, when you lose a player like Grealish, you lose a lot. But what you need to do is replace him in in different parts, whether that's, you know, your dam's guard who's been linked today, when they yeah. who signed Ashley Young, who he signed, and Leon Bailey, who's coming through the door. That's how you do it. And, you know, these these are also supplementary pieces around the puzzle. That is Jack Grealish. You know, they don't always play in the same position. You can have a, a really fluid, flexible front. So what Josh said was, you know, how positive of a sign it is for Villa, regardless of what happens with Grealish. It is a, it is a statement to sign a player like Leon Bailey. Again, I think, I remember uh, on the last podcast, Matt said about, the you know, it's Tony Shaw talk to win the title in three years or whatever, which is Grealish's aims. To me, it's almost Tony Jartor to be talking about signing someone like Leon Bailey, who, you know, with all due respect to Grealish, when Villa were in the Championship, he was playing in the Bundesliga mm. and uh, doing fairly well for himself and making a name for himself. So, you know, that that extra sold me on the idea of Leon Bailey. And if you haven't seen him play, check out the episode because Josh has got it nailed on what type of player he is. And, you know, it's it's almost like he said he said to me after, I don't want to be too busted because it can go wrong, you know, almost like Le Morgan Sansa. We sign him, he's brilliant. He just doesn't find a pathway. Well. Yeah, Ross Barkley. And I mean, fair enough, he did all right, but it wasn't what we thought it would be. It was just a different thing and it didn't really, you know, you can't really go, oh, yeah, I spent 30 million on him. But when he said afterwards, he's like, you know, I can't see Leon Bailey going wrong for Villa for a multitude of reasons. And yeah, he can because it's football. But regardless of what happens with Grealish, bringing someone like Leon Bailey through the door is exceptional for a yeah, club like Aston Villa. Yeah, considering where we were, Dan. There's a there's a couple of comments. There's a comment I I want to bring up. There's loads coming through. It's almost it's almost hard yeah. to like see ones that I want to bring in. But there's one that's caught my eye here that it's kind of linked to a, a thing I said in the last episode that I got slated for, which will will come onto social media later on in this episode. Anthony Harp says Bailey, Buendia, and Cantwell versus Grealish, Traore, and Barkley, which is the be- better attacking mid. Now I said there's a, there's a scenario in the world where Villa without Jack Grealish are technically better because they build a, a squad that's more of a unit than it is just reliant on Jack Grealish. And obviously, Bailey, Buendia, Grealish is the ideal scenario there. That's the best three out of those six players there. But if it's Grealish and a better and a weaker side versus a more well-rounded unit, you know, we, I said I didn't want to write off the season if, if we do lose Jack. It's a 38-game season. Lots of things can happen. If we somehow get top six without Jack Grealish because we recruited very well and Bailey and Buendia score 15 goals each, we won't be sitting there going, oh, Jack Grealish who? And writing him off saying he's a poor player. Cause obviously, we all know how good he is, but Villa can still be a success without him if they, if they do the right thing. We've seen Leicester and uh, Liverpool do it, as you mentioned in our last podcast. So We've also seen Spurs waste the Gareth Bale money. So if you do things right, there's a, there's no reason to be all doom and gloom and just say, oh, we're going to get relegated then. Um, how would you line up with and without Grealish? I mean, without Grealish requires us to bring in another couple of signings and then bolster the squad. And to be fair, even with Grealish, we probably need we do need one more, maybe. Um, so, what would your kind of be ideal lineup if you were going for, to pick your team now? Because the first game of the season is what ten days away or something, twelve days. With Grealish, I think he's going to come back into the middle, isn't he? Surely for for Villa. Um, I, I mean, if you buy Bailey or Wendy. Or, or you know, with Wendy maybe going central, I think that that's an option that it gives you. Is you know, you have such flexibility. And if you have, if like uh, Grealish is having trouble on the on the left wing against West Ham, you you have options to move stuff around if it, if it's not going. 
Without Grealish, it's harder because you don't know what Aston Villa will do immediately to replace Grealish, whether it's, you know, a Todd, a Todd Cantwell and Mikhail Damsgaard, you don't know what exactly they'll do. Um, but if Grealish stays, you know, left, centre, whatever, as long as, you know, Bailey and Buendia, they're, whatever that manner they line in, I can't see that not being a, a, a truly atrocious dream for any a nightmare <laughs> for any Premier League defence because, you know, they, on Grealish's day, Premier League defences can't really don't really know what's going on. If Buendia is even half of that, you know that that's a that's a major problem. And um, you know Leon Bailey blistering pace. It's it's something that Villa haven't really truly had on on the flank for a while. Hmm. Even then, you know, not to do him down, but Al Ghazi and Bertrand Traor have done nothing but improved in a Villa shirt. And if those are the players you're now bringing off the bench, the players who are changing games, starting them at the end of last season. These are the players you're bringing off the bench to re- you know freshen things up. That's really positive. Again, without Grealish, it's, it's uncharted territory um, from a number of reasons. So I'm not going to like stick my neck out on the line, but lining up, it's, it, it it puts itself in there, mate. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think if Grealish is in there. You've got Grealish on the, on the left, Wendy at 10 and, and uh, Bailey on the right with behind Watkins, and that is a scary front four. Uh, the back five picks itself, and then it's up to the, the middle two, either McGinn and Luis to step up and be better than they were last year, or Villa go out and, and buy big and replace one of the two. And, I know Ward Prowse and Louise, Grealish, Bailey, Campwell's loads of names still linked and I think whether Jack's here or not, Villa can still be successful. So I'm less kind of doom and gloom about the whole situation than I was a few days ago. Obviously, you could still go and I'll be heartbroken about yeah. the whole thing. But like I said many times, I'm not just going to write off the season. If we lose the first 10 games, then yeah, fair enough, I'll start to panic. But I mean, um, if you squint, can still do stuff. If, if, if you squint, Todd Campwell is essentially Jack Grealish. Yeah, so just you just lights. have to like really just kind of like it's almost like you see him at the side. Oh, wait. no, it isn't. But you know, <laughs> oh, Matt if, Cash. It's a, if it's a situation where Villa are lining up and they've got Campwell, for example, Buendia and Bailey and no Grealish, very upsetting that you don't have Grealish. But you know, there's but a that, chance but, to, that isn't horrible. <laughs> that isn't, but, oh, yeah, that three is stronger te- on paper, potentially stronger than Grealish, El Ghazi, Traore, is it not? If you want to back the villa and what they're doing, yes, it is because it has to be. Yeah, the answer has to be oh, yes, yeah. it is. We saw what it was last season, and even in you know in some games when that free played, they couldn't break it down because there wasn't enough strength alongside Jack Grealish. You know, if they can step up to some level, Villa, Perch and Troy and Algarzi gave their best, but then when people are planning for Villa, they have the flanks and the middle to worry about rather than just going pin Jack Grealish and hope Perch and Troy doesn't do anything which was essentially what it was last season. Talk to me a little bit about Campwell and, and Ward-Prowse. Then. There was a, a bid of, of Ward-Prowse for 25 million, which uh, I saw a lot of people being like, yeah, get like go to Southampton, bully him, like, just say that we're paying this and leave. And it's like, well, if someone did that to us with Grealish, we'd be going, oh, what a derise we offer. So if they want players, they have to go out and spend the money. James Ward-Prowse, whether he's worth more than 25, is down to personal opinion. But Southampton will say, we want 15. They won't let him go for less than that. So... <laughs> you know what I mean? You just, you've got to do, do what they say. If they want 50-odd for Giants World Prowse and Norwich want 40-odd for Campwell, is that too much money to spend on players? Or do you just have to bite the bullet and say, look, we've lost Jack, so we have to go out and pay whatever now? Yeah, you bite the bullet. I mean, you lo- if you lost Jack Grealish and there's a fantasy where you lose him and then you get, you know, your Ward Prowse, your Bailey and your Campwell. I mean, those players individually don't, like I think a comment just through Todd 
top cameras and got a patch on Grealish. They, they don't. That's the point. Grealish is he's like completely unique. He's a world-class elite player. And, you know, we, we aren't going to replace him with one player. We have to replace him with many. We have to replace mm. him with a Le- Leon Bailey in a bit. We have to replace him with your Brendan, with your Cantwell, and with your Ball Price. We have to get those, you know, we need those, free, we need a set piece take. And we need someone who can create the chances from deep. Douglas Louise, every chance he could improve as, as well next season. But, Look at the amount of football he's played consecutively. You know, I've, I've got all complete faith he can run straight in from the Olympics and do a job for Villa. But, you know, history says that's not always the case. So if you can get someone who creates chances from deep, whether it can be Sanson improving or, uh, you know, Ward Prowse, fair play. Because, you know, there'd be nothing more I love than Ward Prowse emulating Beckham in a, in a Villa shirt and knocking in some free kicks because uh, we haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, there's a couple of comments asking whether this is a Wolves-related podcast. I don't know whether we've said something that's anti-Villa or whether <laughs> there's Wolves fans in the comments of this. So if those saying it's a Wolves podcast want to clarify what they mean, that'd be great. Um, Michelle says... Oh, yeah, thought- no one's speaking Portuguese here either, yeah. which is uh, a tell. So. I'm, not, I'm not saying we've been anti-Villa, saying that we he might leave, because it's a very realistic possibility. Um, someone's just asked about the betting odds. Can you explain a little bit how the betting odds change so quickly? Because people read a lot into that, you know, favourite to stay or favourite to go to Man City now, and odds seems to change so often. You're not a gambling man, I know that. So, can you explain why these things happen? Um, so, obviously, when the fun stops, stop. We have to <laughs> say that when, we, when you're signed in gambling. Um, but I think what sums up the odds dropping for me is when Di Matteo was made a Villa manager because absolute no chance he's Villa manager. Then the odds drop all of a sudden and he's made Villa manager. So usually it's insider information and then just, you know, piggybacking on links and news. But um, the Di Matteo one stood out because it looked like a lot of people have placed a lot of money on him all of a sudden. So stuff dropped on. So it's just, you know, going back and forth on whether punters think he's going to City, whether he's going to Villa. Because, you know, last week it was almost like a sure thing he's going to City. Now mm. probably people not so much so. Honestly, with odds, there's always that thing because you. I always go back to the Demetrio thing, and people was like, "Why, why are the odds dropping?" And he turns out to be Villa manager because people placed enormous sums of money on him all of a sudden to uh, to be Villa manager. So sometimes there can be truth, but in this, because it's going so back and forth, it's just the, the wavering opinions and uh, information that's floating around. It's funny because I write off all the betting stuff because it, it's it doesn't matter. But the example you've just given says that the betting odds do matter. No, it's only been that <laughs> because situation. Because the betting odds though. dropped on Di Matteo and he was like, they would. They, won they, they also um, <laughs> they also dropped really heavily on Thierry Henry and Brendan Rodgers to there be... Um, that, what you know, they were solidly truth because they went through, you know, Villa went through that order of you know, number one, number two choices and then Thierry Henry and John Terry stuff. So this stuff, mm. it kind of comes to the fore and it's like a done definite thing and it just goes, you know, flies off and then Dean Smith's here. He's the man, so... You know, these situations always change, but, you know, sometimes it does happen. Well, as it stands, he's, he's favourite to leave, to stay. God, the operative word I got wrong there. <laughs> at the moment, he's the favourite to stay at Villa, if that means anything to anybody. There um, we go. But if I had something from the Man City and I went and put 50 grand on him, we're going to Man City, the odds would change again. So that's just how it goes. Um, where do we want to go to next? Where are little bits that we noted down? Tara Mings. Let's talk about Tyro Mings. There's some news come out today about his Euro 2020 experience and how he had to to seek therapy because he was written off by a nation, essentially, and how that affected his mental health going into a major tournament. What a, what a horrible situation that must be, first of all, before we yeah. kind of not analyse what, what's come out today. But that's not nice, is it? <laughs> no, um, it, it really isn't. And, 
you know, you look at Tyron Mings and look, he has made mistakes on a pitch, but at the end of the day, he's Villa. He's now Villa through and through. We've, we've, he's an adopted son of Aston Villa and he's played his heart out in a shirt. And yeah, he probably hasn't been the defender everyone really wants, um, you know, sometimes. But, you know, on average, Tyron Mings has been the absolute man for Aston Villa. He's been the guy when everything goes wrong that you can usually count on, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, when he was going to England, we saw Villa fans, you know, a few later boot into him uh, quite unfairly, and when when he was representing the country, and uh, have full doubt in him, and I, you know, I can imagine what it does to him. Um, obviously, not been there myself, but when when you are in a poor state of mental health, you know, it almost feels like there is a, no way out. And you know, footballers, even if you are well paid, we've, we've seen all sorts of uh, issues with well paid, you know, actors, footballers, whomever you are, succumb to mental health issues. So, you know, obviously he's talking, he's, he's admitted what's went on and how it yeah. affected him. And I think it just comes on us all, even, you know, ourselves and the people we work with, to just take a step back and see what the stuff we pull out, how does it affect people? Yeah, it's, um, Everyone will know who's followed us for a while knows how much admiration I've got for Tyron Mings for for things he's done for me personally and just the the life that he's he's led so far to get into where he is now. Um, whether you rate him as a football or not is frankly irrelevant in in that aspect. Um, but yeah, it's just a, it's just not a nice situation, is it? And we've seen it with Villa players in the past with El Ghazi last year having to delete social media because he's getting abused by his own fans, which is outrageous. Yeah, the feeling that that happens is almost a feeling of panic. And if you, you know, I can speak from my experience. If you're in a, an extreme state of panic, it's like a heart attack. <laughs> like when I've had, you know, when it's been really bad for me, it's almost been like, should I call an ambulance? Uh, you know, am I gonna die? It's like you, you, you're not, in, you know, it's a, it's a horrible situation. I mean, it's, you know, I've spoke to people about it. It's not an uncommon situation where you think. You know, that was a mental health thing. That was, and look how it affected me physically. And you know, you're talking about footballers. You have to spend so much time doing physical you know performing at the highest physical level they need to be on top of things mentally and that can be such a that's tough that is a physical demand in itself mm. just to be on top of things and look i think what tyron mings has done is he's normalized therapy when you're feeling bad but also normalized it when you're feeling good speaking and being honest about how you're feeling is the way forward i can you know i can swear to that myself might talk about it on a podcast down the line down but like you know, when you when the people your community are are on your back, it hurts. And you know, if we've experienced that a tiny bit because of being on YouTube and and and, and been on Twitter, look at what Al Ghazi, Lansbury, and uh, you know, uh, had to go through before, and and, and Tyron Mings. And some people think they deserve it because they're not playing and they're not playing very good. But tagging footballers in atrocious abuse has effects, and these mm. guys are. Villains, no matter if they're performing or not, they're, they're, they're Aston Villa. More yeah, Aston Villa than us. They're that, representing the club. And that stands on whether you like the player or you don't. It doesn't matter whether you think, oh, well, then the one that we didn't really read too much in a couple of years ago that was probably a similar story was Ross McCormack. And it was almost funny to to throw, throw abuse his way because he wasn't playing and he was overpaid and nowhere near good enough, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't make it right just because you don't rate the player and then you defend Toraming because you do like him. It's just wrong on every level to to send abuse to people. Um, someone just said something like, imagine a, a confident Tyron Mings heading into the Euros, how much more uh, of a better player he'd been. I thought it's worth I thought he was good in the Euros and the games he played. 
And as much as it's, I think he says something like, you know, 90% of the, of the nation think you're the weak link of the team or something like that. You think, well, m- most Villa fans still cover for him, but there'll be Villa fans out there that will say, oh, he's, he's not good enough for England, he's not good enough for Villa. And you've got people on your back who are supposed to be representing and backing your corner. And that's it's just not a nice place to be. And when they're, they're representing you for your team that you support and the nation you support, bigging them up and thinking they're the greatest makes them play better. So if you're going out there going, oh, he's not good enough, and that affects them, they will make a mistake and they won't be as yeah. good because of the the abuse that they've been given in the first place. So I don't know whether we go down this road fully, but stop abusing people is <laughs> the yeah, message of it. And mo- the 99% of people watching this won't be abusive towards anybody, let alone footballers. But people do just seem to think they're you know on, on another level, another another planet. Tagging them in a tweet isn't going to matter, but they do see stuff and this isn't just timings. This is footballers everywhere. They do see things and... It's just not on, is it? Yeah, it almost it doesn't almost you know it doesn't really matter. It's a tiny minority, and I get that's a positive thing. It's just yeah, true. If if two if two people say the thing that gets you, you got you know it. It almost doesn't matter. Um, yeah. I remember saying something about you know it's like a minority of fans did something at Villa that was that wasn't great, and you say oh it's only a minority of fans, but that gets people. So you know it's just about you know we're all in this together for real because it, you know we all go to the villa games we all support the people in the show and sometimes they don't perform to the standards we expect but that you know we're, it, we're it's on us to to push them and lift them rather mm. than get them down because you know the way football works now is you can have an average game someone will cut a 30 second compliment compilation of you falling over or, or letting the ball go for your legs or, or you know scoring an own goal and that's your career not the 89 minutes of solid performance you put in it's a the comedy era that people can't mm. let go of and that will abuse you over so yeah unfortunate but you know Tyron Mings is a character and he spoke about it and it's just on us to, to learn and move forward yeah it's absolutely on, on another level but a personal experience I had very recently is I did a, a joke tweet the other day about a DM to Margot Robbie and said like oh well you know I think it said there was an original Sky Sports tweet that said Man City interested in Grealish, and I tweeted, you know, Dan Rowan's interested in Margot Robbie or whatever it was as a joke. It got a few thousand likes. Most people understood it was a joke. And then when the bid comes in from for Man City, I've got you know twelve year old Man City children in my DMs throwing abuse my way and, and laughing at that and jokes about appearance and stuff like that. And it's just all I can just delete that and it's gone, which I did do. So I thought, well, this isn't worth the hassle. And that's like five, six, seven people. It's a nothing thing. It's nothing for me. It's not about me personally. It's not racist abuse for one that we haven't gone into there with, with Tara Mings. Um, Jason, no, she didn't reply. Oh, I don't know why she didn't reply. It's outrageous. No, Sorry, I know um, serious, serious point, but I think that one needed to... Outrageous. I replied again after I said Ed. I just, I just don't, don't, don't understand. Um, but I just thought it's not worth hassling on. I can delete it. And that didn't annoy me. It didn't ruin my day. I haven't had to seek therapy about it. But that's five or six people. I haven't got thousands of notifications coming through to my phone after a game and to my iPad and to my Mac or wherever I look after a game when I've missed a penalty or made a silly mistake. So I can't even imagine that what the footballers have to go through when they when they do something and, and when we've seen the, the, the racist abuse that Rashford got and, and Saka and those guys after the Euros, the fact that they said like they knew straight away when they missed the penalty they were going to get that shows that uh, I don't know how we're living in this world still in 2021. Um yeah, I didn't think we'd go into that, that that much, but social media as a whole is just, it's a cesspit, isn't it? Like um, Toby there has just said, and, and Villa specifically at the moment, because it's so kind of 
tense and edgy with the greedy situation, it doesn't take much for someone just to flip and say something they probably will regret later on. So if we can all just calm down a bit. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, I think we've all done it. I think my thing is, uh, you know, I love to bite back sometimes because that's just how I've always been and gets you in regrettable situations and you think, sometimes people think they're joking with you and you're joking with them and it, it, things can get lost because Twitter is just... You know, social media is no place to have a conversation, a serious conversation about anything, or even yeah. sometimes joke because you don't know how the other person will take it. Basically, and uh, I think what we're trying to say here is think twice before you know, it goes for me. You know, I've read absolutely re- regrettable stuff about Ross McCormack, Aaron Tishbola, you know, stuff that I think about a lot. And I mean, they've probably never seen it because it, it, you know I'm, I'm nobody, but you feel like the accumulation of all of that gets to these players and it can probably ruin a career in some cases. And as we've seen, I think there was a Villa player, uh, Mikey Drennan, who had to uh, you mm. know take a step back a few times because of mental health. So it's a real thing. And, it, you know, it's, it's a good thing. Your, your mental health can be good and it can also be bad. It just doesn't, you know, it's not just something that occasionally comes up. It's always, always there for, for good or for worse. So take care of it. If that includes cultivating your social media experience, you know, sort it out, block mute, don't have the conversations on there that you, you're un, un, uncomfortable about because people can take them the wrong way. And uh, don't abuse anyone on there because you don't know what they're going through. Um, yeah. 100%. My favourite um, response to, uh, I say abuse, I don't even know if abuse is the right word, but kind of, I suppose, I suppose sometimes on their part, they think it's banter. They think it's like hard to say, oh, this person doesn't know what they're on about. This person's opinion is this, that, and the other. And they don't really think it, it, it makes too much of a difference. But every so often, banter turns into abuse or, or crosses the line is, is a bit too more, is a bit much, what's the word, like a bit a bit more than banter. I don't know where I was going there. A uh, little brain fart there live on the podcast. Um my favourite response is, is two things. I like to just screenshot it and put it on Twitter and be like, well, oh, another one, another fan, another, you know, another one for the collection book and stuff yeah. like that. And a few people reply and have a joke and I'll get a few DMs saying, look, you know, it's easy for people to leave a negative review rather than a positive one. A hundred people will watch it and 99 will like it, but they don't all send you a message and go, yep, thumbs up, that was good. But the one person that goes, you're an idiot or whatever, that's the one that you see and that's the one that you resonate with because you don't see the 99 people that enjoyed it. Um so the second option to that is on YouTube specifically, and this is a nice little behind the curtain thing for people watching that maybe are still sending abusive comments, is that you can hide a user on on YouTube and they don't know. So they can keep <laughs> writing comments and keep abu- being abusive and, and, and saying nasty things to people or the Villa fans in the comments or us on the podcast or a guest we have on or whoever and keep saying things. And we don't even see it. It doesn't even go into like the filtered section anymore. It just hides their their username from the channel permanently, so they think they're still commenting, but no one gets to see it. Yeah. That's my favourite feature because they think that they keep spouting their nonsense into the world, and it's literally just thrown into a bin immediately. Yeah, there was a, a comment that I think this is. We'll sign off on this because something interested actually has just uh, happened on uh, Twitter. Go on then. Uh, regarding a uh, West Brom player, but it, it was a comment that said, "You know, you're ballooning ballooning this issue way bigger than it than it should be," and. Uh, I don't think it is because, you know, no matter who you are, no matter what's said, and I know better people always say sticks and stones, you know, words may never hurt me, whatever. But um, when you when you say something that's taken the wrong way, it can, it can sometimes end in really, really kind of creepy, scary consequences. Um, you know, a friend of the podcast has, has been involved in a few issues way, way back. You know, won't mention anything there because it's a personal situation, but it doesn't matter. If it's children, you know, if it's anonymous accounts, when I, I said something about Wesley 
um, last week and someone asked me, um, th- there was an- another thing which I didn't take seriously, but someone was asking, you know, where do you and your dad sit at Villa then? And I was thinking, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a bit weird and it doesn't matter if it's a kid. It's, it's it, you know, it's a scary situation. You can only imagine what people like Tyrone Mings are receiving because if that's the, the, the little layer, you know, and these people are sticking up and saying things, you know, they're, they're bringing politics into the game. What are that? What are they getting that that's really hurting them? And it must be something, you know, absolutely vile just to um just to sign off on that. Yeah, before we sign off, I, well, I didn't expect us to go this far on this. I know we're about to talk about Mateus Pereira in a second in the statement he's just posted, if it's true of what I've just seen. Um, where is it about children? If it is children... Why, why do we just write it off for saying, oh, it's only children? Like, we as adults should grow up. They're the next generation that are being brought up to raise their own children and set these standards for the for the next generation to follow. So let's wipe out children being idiots now and stop it once and for all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We shouldn't just write off abuse and go, oh, it's kids with that. Kids say silly things. Kids should be taught to, to not do silly things and be better than that by their parents who set the example in the first place. But let's move on to Mateus Pereira. Uh, he's put a statement out today. I'm going to read some of it. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to read the whole media, thing out? It's it? amazing. It's quite big, so I will <laughs> read the whole thing. I'll try and put it on screen at some point. Uh, can I do that quickly? We are live at the moment, as people may or may not know, if you're watching this later on. Uh, share tab. Bear with me, everybody. So it, is, it is long. Uh, oh, I can't do that. I'll just have to read it out. Sorry. He says, <laughs> God... <laughs> He says, I remained silent and was not going to address anything until after the transfer window out of respect for the fans and all my teammates. However, after being called not committed with the club, I felt extremely disrespected as a professional. I've been living off football since I was 12 years old. I chose to give up family time and just ordinary fun to chase after a dream of a better future for myself and those around me. Christ, needs a bit more punctuation, but I'll let him off. No one has ever seen anything in which I've badmouthed the club or anyone associated with the club or even that I wanted to leave the club by any means. That is because I have character and I respect the club as it opened its doors to me when I needed and believed in me. Dedication has never lacked and I've always been committed in the last two seasons. We fought our way back to the Premier League. Oh, blah, 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 blah. This is boring. Uh, I don't want to leave the club through the back door. That was never my plan or intention. Quite the contrary. I want the club to be adequately rewarded for believing in me and supporting me for two seasons. Three weeks ago, I received an offer that would change my life and my family's life forever. Mm, interesting. I come from humble beginnings, blah, blah, blah. I want to leave. I want to seek new experiences, but want to do this in a fair and correct manner. I will forever be grateful to West Bromwich Albion, to its fans and every single professional that works at the club and that welcome me with open arms. To those that cheered me for the last two seasons, you're part of my history. I'm a professional. I'm always respect that. Matthias Pereira. Christ, that's a lengthy <laughs> so, statement for a player yeah, that's a club and not moved anywhere yet. I know you've par- this is a really bad paraphrase of it, so you know I'm not projecting here or anything, but it's essentially don't dare tell me I'm not committed, but yeah, I'm, I am off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you all said I wasn't committed, but also I do yeah. want to leave, by the way, so there is that. Yeah. Um, that's a big statement, isn't it? There's a, a line in there that says I received an offer a few weeks ago. I wonder whether that was Aston Villa, because he was linked at one point. Um, he's a right-sided player, isn't he? I think I think the offer, I've, I don't know how true it was, but I think I saw um, that it was like a... Uh, Almost like an overseas offer on on mad 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 money, oh, like China or something. Yeah, it wouldn't. Uh, it, Villa wouldn't be offering mad money. I don't even think Brendan is on the 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 quote unquote footballer life changing money. Um, they still on in. He still fits in Villa's wage structure, which I think if that rumor was true, would have been broken to bring a uh, Pereira in. But yeah, um, that's an interesting one because I think he feels a need for Villa. If if Grealish goes, he feels a need for Villa. Um, so it's an interesting situation. 
<laughs> like, oh, yeah, Jesus, I joined at the start of that speech and thought it was Grealish. Phew. Yeah, sorry about that. That was Matthias Pereira, not Jack Grealish. Um, Christ, imagine having to read that out and it's from Grealish. So just a quick glance of who scored. He plays either centre or right midfield, like attacking midfield or right side. So pretty much can play anywhere in front of that three, like Wendia, like Bailey. Now, would you have him as a replacement, not a replacement for Grealish straight for straight, but having him as a Pereira, Buendia, Bailey as a trio and kind of floating around as a three? Or does he come in as, not backup, but you've got Bailey and him that both play on the right side, Grealish on the left, Buendia and, and or Bailey and or Pereira on the right side? It almost feels like if we keep Grealish, I'd say that we don't need him. If you've got you've got Traore and El Ghazi as backup now and Trezeguet when he eventually comes back next year, if Grealish goes, you definitely need another wide player anyway. So I think he'd be, I think he'd be a target then, and he is a good player. He was, he was good for Albion last yeah. year. You know, pretty poor side, really. Um, you know what he feels like to me? He feels like a West Ham signing. I don't know why. It just feels like one of those. Like everyone had their eye on, you know, like with Ben Rama. And they, oh, go here, go here, and then he ends up West Ham. Feels like a West Ham signing. I just, I don't know why that is. Yeah, uh, I think the situation. That you're kind of emulating there is Felipe Anderson, who moved. Yeah. I think he moved from Lazio for 40 million, then gets sold back for two million a few seasons later. So, <laughs> uh, no, he is an exciting player, and I feel like almost the need for him immediately has been surpassed by getting Buendia in, yeah, uh, and and getting Bailey in. But if if your Grealish leaves, I can't see that being an awful kind of. I think I think if Grealish leaves and it's Countwell for 40 or Pereira for 25. It's Pereira, and to be fair, even if they're the same price, I'd be tempted by Pereira over Cantwell anyway, to be honest. But if Grealish is in there, there's a couple of people that agree with me there. I don't think you, I don't think there's a, a starting role for him straight away. Um, he's a great squad player to have him, but if he's costing upwards of 25 million, I don't know whether Villa do that for a squad player when they've got um, Traoré and El Ghazi as backup now as well. Yeah, um, I feel like it's it's almost like it's quite interesting how Villa have bought these players, Bailey and Buendia, and have been linked to players who, you know, they can play centrally if you want them to, but either flank can do. And I feel like that is because they want pathways for Aaron Ramsey, Jacob Ramsey and uh, mm-hmm. Carney Chukwemeka. So I feel like, you know, they're, they're really impressed with those talents and would want to offer them a pathway. So I wouldn't see... I, I, you know, I wouldn't. If if we were to sell Grealish, I wouldn't see him getting replaced by two players, De Campbell and, and Pereira. I'd say it would probably be one because they are really, really interested in uh, getting some more experience for those three lads. Apparently, West Ham did bid or have bid twenty-two million for him. Someone in the comments said, "Absolutely bang on, isn't it?" He was interested. Ben Rama, Bowen, Pereira. I think West Ham just checked the papers. Whoever Villa were linked with them, put a bid in first. Um, yeah, it just feels like a West Ham sign. I don't know what it is about it. Just, it just, I can see it. It makes sense. A um, couple of questions that have come through there off the back of that. I suppose what happens with El Ghazi next? If we do sign someone who's another wide player and Grealish stays, is that about? If Grealish stays and we sign a wide player, I think it's, it's game over for El Ghazi. I don't see a a route back into the side for him then and if we can get I don't know 12 to 15 million or whatever the, the touted figure was for to fair player that scored 10 goals last year probably worth a little bit more than that but you would take an offer for if of that of that um cost if you've bought a wide player in as well if Grealish does go and you only sign one wide player I think El Ghazi sticks around and, and we'll have a part to play I think yeah, and look, you know, you got Philogene and Bidais coming through you know, on the wing, and you have to, you can't just go. There's a pathway for all these players. You have to look at loans as well, seeing how they develop uh, with, with, you know, senior first team minutes. But with our guys, it's an interesting one because I feel like if you gave him the challenge, there'd be a good chance he'd rise to it. 
if you mm. were to give him the change of like you're going to be a reserve player again for the first, second season in a row, but it's on you to break into the team. I think he would rise to it because, you know, he's a player who come through, at, you know, your Ajax and he, he played a really good game against, I think, in the Champions League against Barcelona. He made a name for himself off the radar with Bielsa in France, nothing happens. And, it, and then suddenly he's at Villa in the Championship and he has kind of risen through the ranks with Villa. But look, if he is to stay, absolute faith that he, break, he suddenly breaks through again and he's a force you know there'd be no better situation and he gets to the level of a Leon Bale and he's fighting against him for a or a Brendan fighting against him uh you know he, he, the evidence is there to suggest he might even do that but getting money for him considering the state of him at the start of last season would be fantastic as well it's uh mm. he's the word a lot win-win Al Ghazi probably gone if he goes it won't be very very cheap but I think Villa will get a fair a fair bit of cash for him so, we've got a bit of admin to do at the end of this podcast, but a few little updates for the, the future of the podcast and stuff like that, which we'll get onto in a minute. Let's just wrap up. I said this was going to be relaxed and let's not talk about Grealish too much. Then we spent the first 15 minutes talking about it and we'll probably spend the next 15 minutes talking about it as well. But there's a few things that have happened today that we've not touched on or, or since the weekend. So, kind of preface all this with about, you know, let's not read too much into this and blah, 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 but we are going to start reading too much into things that probably are irrelevant at this point, but I just want to get your opinion. And again, it's just a bit of a kind of, not we've called this a therapy session, I think, in the title. I don't know whether it is that, but just just speak some thoughts because it's easy to just send a few tweets that go out and disappear, but let's try and reflect a little bit. He's back in training on Sunday. There's all these pictures going around of like people that are staying in this hotel that are sharing them. First of all, people think it's a Photoshop which I'm looking at it knowing what Photoshop's look like and going, it's definitely a real photo. There's people then saying Jack Grealish looks like Matty Cash and I'm thinking, Christ, get your eyes tested. It looks nothing like, <laughs> looks nothing like Matty Cash. Um, and then there's a couple of other photos come out and there's a video and it's like, oh, how do you Photoshop a video then? Like, obviously it's real. So he's there. He was there yesterday. He's been there today. They're down near Twickenham. I think I've seen people saying at some uh, hotel resort thing. It seems, I don't know whether they're all there, but Martinez was there, Buendia has been there, Mings, Grealish, Cash, Ashley Young, I've seen, McGinn. I think they're all down there, or most of them anyway. People have asked, why are they there? I think it's just a little pre-season camp. Like you'd usually go to yeah. Portugal or wherever, wouldn't you, for a week, but I think they're doing four or five days or something like that I've seen somewhere. So that's why they're all there. And when we did that last podcast on Friday and he was having the bid for Man City, in my head I'm thinking, well... He's probably going to be swayed by Man City. If this is a release clause, Villa have to accept. And then all of a sudden he's there in a Villa kit and I'm thinking, oh, I didn't expect to see that. Do you read anything into the fact that he's even back with Villa? I'm going to say something really annoying. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, no. Um, <laughs> but when, when Jack Gridge was definitely out the door because Villa were in financial troubles and Tottenham had agreed a deal eventually after trying to rip Villa off ages, um, he attended a preseason tour. I think he even may, maybe played a match, but he was on he a preseason. Tour. He played against Warsaw, didn't he? Yeah, he was. You know, he was he was involved in training, and that's what you can read into that is that he's a committed professional footballer, um, and he won't mess around, and he'll do the job he's asked to do until the time comes when he's no longer asked to do it. I think you can be positive about it because look, you have, you have a situation where Harry Kane, for whatever reason, didn't turn up to train. He's just as committed. If you know, as Jack Grealish, you know, he, he these two players wouldn't be where they are without the commitment. You can read it. Can you read into it? Into him staying at Villa, I don't know, but it is a it is a fairly fairly positive sign. Um, but look, he could still do this and then move to Man City. Yeah, Harry Kane absolutely. could still avoid Tottenham training to make a point and still stay there. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's, I know it's so annoying, but it is so up in the air. And what what I take from that is, look, that's Jack Grealish for you. 
he's still a Villa player, he's still attending training like he's preparing for the new season because that's what he has to do. He can't let this disrupt him and disrupt Aston Villa because it is something that, you know, if he goes, it blows the door off for a few moments. It blows the uh, the doors off Aston Villa until they get, get it sorted. But then he's away on holiday in Croatia, kicking the ball around on his own as well. If he was about to move to Man City, could he not be training on his own somewhere? He's got enough money to hire a personal trainer yeah. and, and do his own stuff, you know, off the record, out of the way, out of the limelight. Could he even be back at Bodymore Heath, hiding away from the rest of the squad and just be like, well, he's, he's yeah. you know, he's... But then that does confirm that he's about to leave if Villa then say, well, <laughs> Jack Grealish isn't there. So this is the thing, yeah. maybe you can read something into it. I don't know yet. Well, another point, again, this is all kind of just rolling into one. Social media... He's there taking photos with fans, which, yeah, he might just be polite. And there's fans there. Yeah. I've tweeted about this earlier. Again, I got a bit of stick saying, like, oh, don't sign for City and City will ruin you and all this. Like, he will win trophies at City. Like, he'll, he'll be perfectly fine yeah. at Man City if he goes there. Just, like, give the guy a break. He's not going to go, oh, yeah, right, mate. Yeah, right, I'll stay. Then, like, whether he's going or staying, he's never going to tell anybody. They're told not to, to speak about stuff like that. So, that could just be politeness. But, again... Just it, it raises these questions of why even bother then? Because now now people are going to be questioning it. And the follow up to that is the Villa social media posts, like yeah. sharing videos of him in training and stuff like that. Would be it's an easy PR thing to just go. Let's just not show Jack Gurish is here. Yeah, it's nobody like it ten, wins. A ten, second, a ten second video of like the players like doing a very light warm up. Like we don't even need to see that video, but the fact Jack's there, we all go, oh my god, he's there. So it must be staying. So it's like. You either just avoid that totally, or we do start to read too much into this and go, well, he, he was there Sunday, he was training this morning, the next thing he's going to do is sign a contract. Yeah, I think what happens is that the deals will be put in front of his representatives, passed on to him, and then it's up to him just to make a decision. So I feel like that wouldn't affect you know, his day-to-day too much. You know, I think if it was me and you in these shoes, we'd be doing the exact same thing. I feel we'd be training... If fans wanted a photo, it wouldn't go, no, I'm too big for you now, I'm going to sit here. It would still be, it would still be like... It, and it is hard, I know it's difficult. I'm, someone said, you're, you're tortured again, so we, we won't go too much down because of torture. Yeah, we, we, yeah we're just going to go but, around yourself because we're not on with the world. Yeah, it's hard. it is a difficult one because we want to read into stuff so much and it swings back, like we've already said it at the start of the podcast, it swings back and forth so much, you know, it, it bounces you about a bit. What we know for sure is he's not about to have a medical at Man City because he's here with Villa. Yeah, at the I moment think... he's not in Manchester. He's not doing his media at Manchester behind the scenes. If it was all quiet, um, the other the other point that we we're going to read too much into is the Harry Kane situation. Is that a knock on effect that now he thinks he might be going to Man City, and Man City won't buy both, and they'll just go all in for Kane because they know that Jack's staying at Villa. I that's, could possibly that's, be, that's, yeah. that's the other um, like narrative theory this morning that. Kane doesn't show up at Spurs because he knows he's going to Man City. Jack's back at Villa because he knows he's staying at Villa and that's where the two goes. Yeah, I think if if you're Jack Grish, you want to leave, if you want, if you leave, you want to leave the right way, which is you let Villa give you, you know, pitch to you and give you, you know, lay their all their cards on the table, which takes time. It's, it's not going to happen in a minute and it looks like oh, that's what, what Villa are doing right now. For Harry Kane, again, what can you read into it? You know, he could still be there at, at, come the end of a uh, end of deadline day. He might have just dropped a, uh, his phone on his toe and go, oh, "Can't come in today." You know, something stupid <laughs> like that. <laughs> something stupid like that. Uh, you know, again, it's the most painful thing is you can you'll have to wait to see and then assess these these little hints after and go, did it actually mean anything or was mm. it just how it was? Um, because I think we're all projecting what we'll do, what we'll personally do. So. 
what's your gut then? Uh, has your opinion changed since Friday or mm. since Saturday whenever we did that podcast? I feel like because, you know, our colleague Ash has been... He's off today. Yeah, Why is he off today? The, the potential big day. Everything's supposed to be out. I think he's off tomorrow as well. Um, unbelievable that he's not here working while the biggest story of the summer's happening. Yeah, Ash has been fairly confident. And, you know, I think I'm with him, man. Like, you know, to the, if we're wrong, we're wrong. But I feel in my gut that the offer from Villa is it's not going to be like Villa can't pay him. They can adjust the pay structure again to fit him in and keep doing that as long as they progress. So, he can get, you know, he can get what he what he's earned, but he, you know, he might be interested in seeing what what man what Man City are all about. I want to see their offer for once. I want to actually see what they are offering rather than it being shut down before I get a chance to even see what the the legit offer would be. I think that's the you know business head on. That's probably the sensible thing to do mm. um, because you know you can. You know, you could just send Villa have call your bluff constantly and go, oh, yeah, Man City court, they're only going to give you 80 grand, mate. You know, <laughs> you get stuff like that. So you might want to see the offer. His agents might want to see the offer. But again, all, all terribly up in the air. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of up in the air, and I'm going to ask you to absolutely massively go in with your crystal ball here and, and speculate <laughs> to death. Uh, I know that you don't know any of these facts for certain. I don't even know what we're talking about. It really, I just, I just want to quiz you. I just want to put you on the spot. Basically, I'm not asking you to, to give me an exclusive because I know that you don't know. How do you imagine this deal has happened? Is it a release clause? Is there some gentleman's agreement? All this kind of stuff. Is he going to go up there and look at a, a deal? Will he just completely write it off and stay at Villa? How do you think this whole thing plays out? If you had to, to kind of guess at it, I don't know why we're doing this. It's almost just funny. At this so point. I said to my friends, uh, you know, who, who sometimes go down to Villa with, I was like. I thought it's the first thing that came to my head, and I just was like, "What's wrong with you?" And I go straight away. Um, what I thought, and this is obviously, please just you know take no notice of me and don't harass me for this. But I was like, "What if Villa accepted the bid to go right? You can go if you want, but this is what we're all about, and to give him like." Because it it feels like in the past, I know the decision is always his, but it's like Villa went, no, you can't leave to Tottenham now. No, not Man City. No, no, not Man United last season. And now it's like, no, not Man City. I think they're giving, they're open, leaving the door open, but holding their offer going in. Yeah, no, our offer's still very good. So I don't know. I got laughed out for saying that. I, <laughs> I, I don't think it anymore. But when I was in the gym on a Saturday morning, I was like, crack the situation. And uh, now I got laughed out of the room. Now I think after all this, I reckon there was a release clause of 100 because people have said, oh, if there isn't, why don't Villa just come out and say, look, we we don't want to accept it, bid rejected. I don't know whether Villa even would do that, to be honest. I think he had to come back and chat with the manager and chat with the owners and whatever else is happening yesterday, today, tomorrow, whenever that was supposed to be. I think that has to happen first before Villa even say anything. I don't think Villa are running the way where they come out on Friday afternoon and go, no way, we're bid rejected and it's a massive media story. It just doesn't seem like Villa at the moment. So I reckon last year he signs a deal, there's a clause in there of either 100 million or offers over a certain amount, you can then go and speak to the clubs. Maybe Jack's interested, maybe he's tempted by Man City, he's tempted by Pep, he wants to see what they offer. They offer him 250 grand a week, comes back to Villa on Monday, Villa say we will give you 250 grand to stay here and then it's up to him to make that split decision go to Man City and win trophies next year or stay at Villa and try and do something here 
we all hope he stays with Villa, obviously. And my hunch is now that I'm starting to read into stuff like seeing him in the training kit that he wouldn't be doing any of this if he knew he was imminently about to leave. If it was as advanced as we keep hearing, yes, they've made a bid, but it's no further than that yet that, you know, Jack was back in the country on Saturday, I think. If he was desperate to leave Aston Villa, go up to Manchester on Sunday then and get it sorted yeah. straight away. He doesn't even have to come back to Villa. Harry Kane has proven you don't have to come back. What are they going to do? Fine him. He's about to leave anyway. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, he didn't have to come back. So, And him not coming back to training, it could be like a Euros thing. You could go, oh, it's a, it might be because of a Euros thing. It doesn't change. You know, it's only because he's come back. We were all very, very positive. Yeah. Yeah. There's a multitude of reasons why you wouldn't rep- re- report today. Um, but yeah, I think it's all, everything. every feeling you have is valid, uh, except my initial feeling, which Jason O'Brien summed up, which is a dangerous game to play. Yeah. Uh, if you added a few swear words to that, times it by about four, <laughs> and put, told me at nine o'clock on Saturday morning, after I'd said it at 8.59, <laughs> then that, that was what I was going for. If I had to put down my, my gut instincts, and it's flipped and flopped all over, over the last few days, on Friday I said, yeah, I, I think he's going. I, could, I just see him being pulled by Man City and we accept the 100 and reluctantly he goes. And he comes back and I see him in the Villa kit. I just think, oh, he's just a, there's just a slim chance he stays. So <laughs> I'm just going to say he stays now because why not? Um, there's a few people that are saying on this live and said in our YouTube comments last time, well, how can we never mention Benteke? And like how the grass wasn't always green of him. And to be honest, I forgot about oh, him. No, yeah, because... <laughs> we also thought oh, it wasn't good for Barry, it wasn't good for Milner, but Benteke left for big money for Liverpool and his career went down the pan pretty much. Yeah, um, I think it, it, it paid off for young Milner, Barry, maybe not downing, but Benteke didn't move to a footballing machine and Jack Grealish is going to the, the most dominant football club on the planet on their day. Like, it's not... It's not comparable. Liverpool, as even though they won the title, not really can, can't really financially. No club can financially compete with the firepower and football and the ability and the structure of Manchester City. You know they go there and they win big mm. instantly. You know it's not Brendan Rodgers as Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> you know? true. True. All right. Well, we'll call it a day there on the Jack Grealish stuff. There's now 730 people watching live on a Monday afternoon across Facebook and, and the Carlton Blue podcast on YouTube. Hopefully we've been able to, whether it's therapy or whether it's just a chance to get your thoughts down on, on the comment section and kind of a bit of back and forth between us. Um, it is nice just to talk about it with you, James, a little bit. And I've not been looking at Twitter too much in the, in the last 50 minutes. He might have left. <laughs> so, uh, no, still there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's good to have a bit of a chat. Um if I, if I, right, for the comments, you had a little straw part to start, stay or go, we'll do it again. <laughs> it's an, another hour's passed at, at this point. As, you, as your mind changed, do you think you'll stay or go? What's your gut? Now you've heard us go through all the different things that we've uh, definitely read too much in over the the, uh, the last half an hour or so. Um, and while the comments do that, we'll do a bit of admin. Um, yeah. Someone's asked us about Fantasy Premier League. We did it last year. We had a prize go out, I think, at some point. <laughs> so Yeah, so uh, official admin is there was a winner. And it's on Matt Kendrick. Yeah. <laughs> we literally see it's his fault. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. If we are doing one, it'll be up to you to set it up. So I'm going to put this into your hands live on air um, now. Is there going to be one or not? I will say that part of my job is setting up a bigger fantasy football league where you can win money and shirts and uh, stuff. So I'll probably do Claret and Blue as well, but all the prizes will be in... Uh, you'll just get rid out on the pod... <laughs> you'll just get a mention on the podcast because uh, all the prizes are going to the big 
big uh, fan. Oh, we can do league. we can do a mug or something yeah, again. We if, send every, a, if we've got a mug left, we'll send you one. Yeah, if Matt ever sends one out, we'll do a mug for the winner. So there will be yeah. a Claret and Blue Fantasy Premier League. I won't be taking part this year because again, I said it. I said it last year. I do it for about three or four weeks and then I stop it. So this year, I'm just not even going to take part because I always give up. All the comments now seem to be saying stay. So we're either all massively deluded or all pleasantly and quietly optimistic about the whole situation just because we've seen him training, which ultimately probably means nothing. So it's one of those, you've had an hour away from the situation, go back to refreshing Twitter again after this. We'll be back again as and when the situation develops. Hopefully it's tomorrow because, as we've said many times, whether it's good news or bad, I just want it out of the way now and, and we can move on um, or, or stick with Villa, or stick with Grealish at Villa for next season. So we'll probably do another podcast tomorrow. Um, John says, Dan, what are you going to do with your Grealish shirt in the background if he leaves? I'm going to burn it, John. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I'll just take it down. <laughs> just put something else up there. He, I suppose we talked about this the other day, didn't we, about whether he, he can be a legend and how you how you think of him after, after he leaves. Um I'm not going to be angry at him enough to throw a shirt in the bin because I paid money for it. It's a decent shirt. He's just still, he'll still be a part of this history, won't he? And he's got us to where we are now and hopefully even getting us into the Premier League if he leaves, we can still push on from here without him. So, yeah, the shirt will just come off the wall. I'll just put something else up there. Uh, the, put your therapy, therapy in Dalf one up. Yeah, yeah. I'll put my, <laughs> I'll put my shirt down and one up in our new retirement. So, um, yeah, this part was a little bit, bit of a therapy session. Uh, another bit of um, Carton Blue podcast admin we've got tiktok now if you're interested in tiktok uh we've got an account i've posted a video of the new shirt on there and a, a little leon bailey clip um don't really know what we're doing on tiktok really but james you told me it's a good idea so here we are so our tiktok yeah. name is at claret underscore blue that we're linked to it underneath this uh youtube uh video so if you go over and follow that that would be greatly appreciated um and besides that i'm working on a little whole end project with saved some content from our interviews that we've done so we've got i think steve froggett's in there ian taylor brian little uh ray howard might be in there where we've asked them specifically about what what is villa park like to play at what's it like to score in front of the whole end and we're putting together like a little 10 minute 15 minute feature um so that'll hopefully be out well it'll definitely be out before the start of the season Again, a little peep behind the curtain. There's a little voiceover that I've recorded for that, and one of the lines in it is about our captain scored a goal in front of it, or whatever it is. Obviously, about Grealish. It's like, oh, I might have to take that out. So <laughs> that product's kind of on hold until I know what's happening with Grealish. But um, yeah, this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Um, it's been been good for us to do. Good for me to do anyway. I don't know whether you've enjoyed it, James. It's been great. Yeah, it's been a uh, fantastic to uh, you know. I start at the start when I speak about Grealish, I start shaking. <laughs> now I'm not. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm pretty easy about the whole situation. If he goes, I'll trust the board and trust the, the club to do right and, and recruit well and we'll still be fine. If he stays, we're on course to for something special and we can make more history. So fingers crossed he stays. But if he goes, then whatever. Um, it's the last of the FC, not Jack Grealish FC. So thanks very much for listening slash watching to this podcast. Um, we'll be back again probably tomorrow um, to, for more late, for the, for the latest on the Jack Grealish situation as it develops. Um Ross says I'm a liar because I'm not okay I'm hiding it well alright deep down I'm crying but I'm hiding it well for the podcast Um, right thanks so much for watching everybody we'll be back in a few days Uh, James thanks for your time thanks for your comments it's been a good little chat up the villa everybody and we'll see you again probably tomorrow thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please do let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode but until then up the villa (laughs) 